Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 236, brought to you by Hook'em.com. Our good friends at Bud Light said Golden here with the Duck Kirk Bowles and Duck. Great guest today, award-winning columnist from the Four Star Telegram, Mac Engel, joins us. Longhorns are facing the TCU Horn Frogs on Saturday, 11 a.m., and uh, Mac uh, has taken some nice time out from his busy schedule. We appreciate you, Mac. What's up? Uh, you are. I uh, I want to tell you a fun story, though, uh, Cedric and Kirk. This is about you. So I don't think I've ever told you this. Uh, a long time ago, when I was I was uh, an intern at what was Southwest Missouri State University, and it was coming up, and I was trying to find where I could go on after this because the internship only lasted ten months. And I'm like, what could I do? What could I do? So then I, I find a job as a graduate assistant in the TCU athletic department. This was in 1996. So I apply for the job. And I thought, well, what, what could I do that would really make me stand out? Like, what, what would I do that could potentially cast the eye of the <laughs> athletic media relations director, a guy that you remember, Kirk, by the name of Glenn Stone? And Glenn is no longer with us. It was a great, great man. Anyway, so I send him a dummy copy of a front page of what a TCU uh, magazine would look like. And they're all, it's, it's just fictitious, right? But it shows that I have writing skills. It shows that I have layout design skills and blah, blah, blah. And like I said, the whole thing is just dummy copy. But it looks authentic and it looks real. And one of the articles that I link to or that I create was written by Kirk Bowles. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the true story. I was looking at it the other day. I'm like, oh, I got to show him this. Was it? So was I, it? Ri- was it written on a? Yeah. So I, 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 it wasn't real or anything like that. But Kirk, you've been inspiring me for all these years, and you're a big reason that I found out later that ultimately I wound up in Fort Worth, Texas, and have had a career here. So thank you very much. Wow. Hey, don't blame me for you being a sports player. You could have been a CEO or something. I could have done something successful in my life. But you know what? The, the, the question I have is when you found it, was it on a stone tablet or, or ah, slate or ah. – Scrolls. No, uh, it was written in hieroglyphic. Um, <laughs> it was cave. His name was clearly visible, and he still had that beautiful white hair and uh, <laughs> unmistakable voice and, and twang. So uh, even though it's a little bit older, even back then it was still the same. 
Well, uh-huh. we love to go down memory lane, but uh, it's, it's just good to remember anything these to, days. Yeah, back to the good old days. Yeah. What is up with the TCU Horn Frogs, Mac? They're not very good. I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, they 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 had a lot of high hopes because I think they're always one of those teams that's just off the radar that you think, well, they might have a pretty good team, but you know, because they they never win the recruiting ranking, which is a totally right. rigged game, anyways. No one ever really knows what they have. And I think the other thing why they had so many expectations is because you have a third-year quarterback who has started every game that he's since he's walked in the door and Max Duggan. And you would think, well, that's a lot of football he's played. That's a lot of high-caliber competition he's faced. He's a good athlete. He's pretty good. They should really reap the benefits. And when you watch him play – He's just one of those guys who's still kind of the same. He's not bad. He's mm. pretty good. And mm. what they need, and when since TCU has come into the Big 12, they've been really good when their quarterbacks have been Trayvon Boykin, uh, who was outstanding, and then they right. had a really nice season in Kenny Hill's uh, senior season. That was the year they finished in the top 10, and they played Oklahoma against Baker Mayfield in the Big 12 title game. And I think that's why people thought, and myself included, thought maybe this team will be pretty good, but they barely beat Cal at home. Now, Cal's decent, but they barely Mm -hmm. beat him at home. And I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch any of the game on Saturday. I doubt it. You were covering the Tech game. They just got run out of their own building against a a pretty good SMU team. I mean, SMU's better now under Sonny Dykes. But if you're going to be as good as you think you are, you don't lose at home to SMU, and you certainly don't give up 40 points, which is what they did. And I, I, you know, I, I don't. It wouldn't surprise me if they go out and beat Texas on Saturday because they always do. That's what they do. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. You know what? Um, you know the 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 42-34 loss in the Iron Skillet game is was you know just a gut punch. But watching the highlights, watching the cornerback Brandon Crossley try to plant that flag in midfield on the TCU logo, and then watching those Horn Frogs get after him in that little kerfuffle, uh, the the one thing that occurred to me is if TCU had, pl- had, had played with, if they had hit like that during the game, they may would have won it. <laughs> I saw some better. I saw better uh, violence after the game than I did before. <laughs> And now the little general is up in arms because he claimed later that his assistant coach, Jerry Kill, no stranger to medical problems, I might add, got hit in the head with a helmet by an SMU player and now has a concussion. What's the latest on that, Mac? Well, the part that surprised me about all this is not that SMU celebrated, first of all, let me go back. This is all the best thing that's happened to TCU and SMU in decades. Because people are talking about <laughs> so them. So yeah. irrelevant. Nobody has cared. And the fact right. that SMU has run into TCU and won consecutive games because they didn't right. play last season. You know, right. SMU, uh, Texas transfer Shane Bouchelle killed TCU two years ago. They won mm-hmm. that game in a late, in, in a, with a late win. They didn't play last season. Now you've got a kid who trash talks ECU in, in the days leading up to the game, says, you know, no one goes to Fort Worth who thinks of Texas. You know, I mean, he, 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 he craps all over TCU, and then they win the game, and then they plant the flag. 
And now you've got a coach who throws a tantrum. You've got an AD at SMU who issues a statement. Um, and then, oh, and then you've got the SMU player who said, yeah, they didn't want to play us last season. This is fantastic. It's wonderful. And you and, and you, your lucky ass is in Fort Worth right in the middle of all of it. It's calling this gold. It is gold. It, it is. It's it's not it's 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 good for us. It's good for interest. It's good. It's good content, and it's it's a reason to watch a game that nobody has watched for thirty years. If and maybe Kirk, you can probably thirty five years, going back to the Pony Express days when you know Craig James and Eric Dickerson and TCU had a little bit of a run with Jim Wacker and Kenneth oh, Davis. Yeah. That's it. Because otherwise, yeah. it's been horrible. And, and it so, looks like a rivalry. You're right. It's yeah. It's the essence of a rivalry, you know. Straight. And, well, here's the other thing, too. is Like you mentioned, Sonny Dykes uh, done a really outstanding job. He was uh, he was racket analyst for Gary for, I don't know, was it a year or two years? I can't remember after Sonny left Cal. I think but, it was a year. Uh, he came back. And, and yeah. so now Gary throws a fit. But right. that's not news. Gary <laughs> hates losing to SMU. It's when he did it. Normally what he does, it's right after the game. And you guys know, players and coaches right after the game are usually in a really can be an emotional state. And you can kind of give them some grace and understand they were just really angry or they were emotional. Mm -hmm. He waited three days. Three (laughs) days. wonderful. To to say this. Uh, Which meant he thought about it. And yeah. he has nobody in his, and I don't know if Texas has ever had this equivalent, but TCU is so small. And the fact that he's been here forever, the guy's got a statue. There's exactly. nobody here, no one here who can tell him anything. You may not want to say that. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> They're the all emperor. just, yeah, he, he is the emperor. And so he yeah. makes these claims that SMU coordinated planting the flag. Uh, right. The AD says no, that never happened. And then the best, and then he says, um, "All of this, I can't substantiate it." That was my favorite part. <laughs> Not once he says it twice. So he makes all these allegations about Jerry Kill, who you could make an argument. I'm not sure he should be on the field anyways, but he is, and right. that's his choice. Yeah. He's an adult. You can he's, do what you he's want. Making a living. And right. All this chaos. He gets knocked down. There's no yeah. evidence to suggest that it was all, that it was an SMU player knocking down, and it probably and it wasn't. What it was was it was kind of chaotic. You had SMU players celebrating, the TC players, like said, said, got all angry about it, and they went after him and said, "You can't do that here." Well, here's Big a better guys. idea: Big how about you not let them score 42 points at home? <laughs> how about that? And that'd be a good place to start, wouldn't it? Yeah, let's just start there and there. That way, it's not about some flag. Oh, it's flag. And then my favorite part, and one thing that's happened. One of the good things that's come to social media are sports teams who take their to their Twitter or Facebook account or Instagram account and troll the other team. That, well, SMU, that's popular uh, now, yes. That's outstanding. It's so wonderful. they take a Gary Patterson country song and they use it <laughs> as background music for basically what amounts to as a celebration video. And Gary takes exception, which is, hey, I wrote that song for COVID. And right. They, do you think anybody quit pouring gas on it, General? Creating that video is listening to the lyrics of Gary Patterson. No, no. <laughs> they grabbed the song and they just plopped it on there, and they didn't listen to it because well, who cares? They didn't listen to it. So Gary gets this feeling, sir, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh my god, 
what are you stop talking like this you sound wonderful. like an old cranky old man or as a and columnist truth, or as a columnist mac you're going keep talking please keep talking <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, stop do not but stop I mean, they i don't think they're gonna win saturday so now you're looking at a coach who, instead of being three and one or four and zero, oh, now you're going to be two and two with two of the losses coming at home. The one thing though, Max Duggan can't beat SMU, but he owns Texas. Yes, he so does. Maybe, and I I don't know how good you guys know how good Texas is, or maybe, but I'm watching. I'm like, man, I'm not feeling this. But just given the way these last nine games have gone between these two, and whatever. Voodoo Gary has on UT. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they won it, but I'm not. I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But you know what? They <laughs> are. Go ahead, Seth. They are seven and two in the last nine meetings. He owns them. Uh, he Max Duggan has outplayed Sam Ellinger twice, and and I just you know I wonder I wonder what's in the water. I mean TCU's won the last three at Amon Carter and. Uh, but this is a new Texas regime. But these players, these players are still on the team, and they remember, they remember getting beat. Uh, I remember the Charlie Strong one that was over before it started. Um, there's just been some nightmare games for the Longhorns in Fort Worth. Uh, I think they're more equipped to do, you know, to go in there and take care of business, but. Uh, what I'll ask you, Mac. What do you? How do you ascribe to the theory of wounded animal uh, puncher's chance? And what role does the the recent history in this rivalry? What role do you think that will play in the minds of of the Longhorns and the Hong Frogs when they take this field? Well, you know, when I looked at the game last year, Texas should have won that game. You know, they had right. a turnover. Going into the end zone, yeah, that, Ingram, that yes. was seven points. Yeah, um, there was a couple of other big plays. I, I think one of the things that has worked in Max Duggan's favor consistently is that because he's white, nobody thinks he can run, and he is <laughs> fast as hell. And you've Pretty seen fast. him. You've seen him. I, I saw him do it last year on the big draw play against UT. He's running away from defensive backs from Houston. He's, he's just, yes. He did it against. Yeah, and he, he did it against Texas Tech and some other teams. He's not a great passer. And what's happened when I look back at the close games between TCU and Texas, which there haven't been a lot of, it's been they've been lopsided. But last season was the one where I thought that game changed on about four or five plays that just went. Now that was that was sort of indicative of the Tom Herman era. They would mm-hmm. lose on about four or five plays that you would. I mean, it just was incredible, the consistency of it. But, hey, they always practice really well on Sunday. You know, I always love that about the Tom, <laughs> Tom Herman teams. They Great practices on Sunday. <laughs> Never understood uh, I, that. I, I think, Cedric, there's something to be said for that. You know, you have – I think the, the other – there is something to be said for a team that got embarrassed at home, and I, I don't think – I wouldn't put it past all a bunch of college kids if they thought – they were they were looking past SMU and they were more excited about playing Texas and they thought they could just show up and beat a team that needed a Hail Mary to win at Louisiana Tech the week before that they would just show up and, and beat that team. Because they weren't going against Shane Bichelle. They were going against Tanner Mordecai, who's pretty good. He's probably not as good as Shane, 
but Reggie right. Roberson kicked their butt again. They do the stud. Um, I, I think they got. I, I think Gary got out coached to tell you the truth because I don't think he had his team ready to play. I think they were, you know, I think they were looking at Texas. But the one thing that TCU lost some pretty good players off that defense, and if you when I don't know if you had a, how much of it you had a chance to watch, their secondary got destroyed. Now mm-hmm. Gary gambles a lot. He likes to bring pressure and. There's 20 years worth of evidence to say this guy knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he lost a phenomenal player back there in Trey Mooring to the NFL. And he lost a, a really good linebacker to the Texans and Garrett Winslow. Those guys mm-hmm. are hard to replace. And if you look at consistently when he's had really good teams, good defenses, he's had a linebacker who can run all over the place. Like, and tank, really play like a tank space. Carter back in the day. Tank would be a guy. Um, that the 2014 team had a couple of guys. Uh, Paul Dawson was like that. A guy mm-hmm. who's a little undersized. He almost looks like a safety. I don't know if he has that. And it allows him, if you're going to be aggressive, that other team better miss. Like, miss on their own. Just not execute. Because if they execute, you're going to get fried. I, I, I think, Cedric, the game will be close. Of course. But I think it's going to need for for in order for TCU to win, they're going to have to have those kind of just random plays go in their favor that never went in Tom Herman's favor in his close games in the Big 12. Well, I'm yep. sure Gary's going to watch that Arkansas game film over and over, and they just had a great blueprint. You know, they ran the ball. You know, K.J. Uh, Jefferson, not a great passer, but they ran all over Texas, over 300 yards rushing, and I'm sure he wants to do that with Max and, and Zach Evans. But Arkansas has just a super fast, quick defense, and that's where I wonder if where you mentioned it a little bit with these linebackers and the secondary problems, and they've given up 74 points the last two games. So is there just major slippage on that side of the ball, Max? Yeah, I think there is. I, I think yeah. he's had he's he's he lo- he's lost talent, and you know it's, right. he he's got. It's not like they're bombs. It's not like we're looking at the Kansas defense. There's certain guys, um, and and they typically what he does is that team usually gets better like, as they go. Uh, Traverius Hodges Tomlinson, who is uh, mm-hmm. uh, the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson, he's right. pretty good. Yeah. Um, but there, there's some of these other guys, he's putting them in positions one-on-one that you're like, oh, boy, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. And he's taking risks. And, and you're talking about, like, the Arkansas defense. I saw them. I went to the A&M Arkansas game on uh, Saturday at AT&T Stadium. I was there. Yeah, you were there. He did, Gary doesn't have those kinds of athletes up Mm-mm. front that they can run yeah. nope. three-man fronts and then right. run all over the place. And, and still get pressure, he, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have he doesn't have those guys, but I still think the one element to this that that Cedric kind of hit on wounded animal all that stuff. I really think in hindsight this was a case this was a case of a team that did not take its opponent nearly seriously enough and had it mm-hmm. had it handed to them. But that said, if TC is going to win on Saturday, that offense is going to have to be better than it was. I mean, they left so many points on the board, and I got to tell you, and I don't know, 
I don't know what quarterbacks you've seen in your time, but you've seen guys come in and they're good, but they just never really get that much better. And I hate to say yeah. that, that's what I've seen with Max Duggan. He's pretty good. He just hasn't really right. gotten that much better. Some might say that about Sam, that Sam was really good. He was at that level, but he, you know, what did he go? Six round, Cedric? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he made the most out of his talent, maximized his abilities, but uh, you're right. I mean, you mentioned the running. I mean, he's got almost 1,200 yards rushing in his career. Max is, you know, a hell of an athlete. But they're going to have to make some plays. It's weird, too, the guys, the odds maker. I don't know what it is today, but it, it's been like a four-point Texas uh, betting line right now. So that, that tells us something. Maybe Texas. Well, what do you tr- do? You trust what you see so far? Like, they've looked really – when they put Casey Thompson in, they look totally – they yeah. look so much better. Do you trust it? I do. I, tr- I, I trust it. Yeah, I trust it. Uh, the, the one thing I'll say about it is I, I still, I, I guess, I guess Hudson Card was Steve Young in camp and then had one bad day at the office and got a quick hook because the way Casey Thompson's been playing, I just don't see how the Hudson Card could have been so much better than him to win that job. I just think he took upside over over what, what his eyes w- was were telling him. So, I trust what I see. Uh, he's been consistently good every time he's played, uh, Casey Thompson, and he's and he's smart and 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 he takes what they give him. And um, I'd be shocked if he if he went into Fort Worth with with uh, deer caught in headlights. Look, I just I mean he's he's a veteran. No, I don't think so. I agree, Sid. He's not. He's he is so poised, Mac. He's just. You really would like this guy. He's a film uh, geek. He just lives in the film room. And we talked to him Monday, and, you know, he had five incompletions and six touchdowns, you know, five through the air against Tech. And he said, and I could tell you everything I did wrong of those incompletions. I mean, this is as humble and grounded a kid and a guy with desire and intangibles, and his team believes in him so I, frankly, I'm stunned by the line, guys. I mean, I thought he'd be like, you know, Texas by ten or so. And I know no. we always overreact. No, the I'm not stunned. I'm not stunned by. The, I'm not stunned by the four and a half. That I sounds am. well. I here's am. the thing, Doug. Here's the thing, and 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 you know, I got I got a school in Mac because he he's not he's a rich guy <laughs> because he's avoided casinos, and I don't have any money because I couldn't avoid them. So. Well. Here, here's what <laughs> they right. do, you Duck. Avoid right. When Go you, ahead. I don't avoid. Uh, I, I wished I could. Um, Vegas gives you three points when you're hosting. Sure, sure. And so the fact that Texas is a four and a half, five point favorite on the road means, in actuality, they're about an eight point favorite. They're giving TCU that three point spread, that three point bonus for playing in Amon Carter. If this game were at UT, the Longhorns would be a ten-point favorite. But here's a question I have: Could Texas have more fans there, Mac, than DC? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so it's yeah, not I mean, really. This is, that oh, home yeah, field advantage yeah. goes out the window a little bit. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you've been up here. I mean, you're talking yeah. about it. Like a friend of mine said this the other day, uh, who's been at TCU forever, and he said TCU is basically a girls' school with a football team. And good looking girls true. at that school. I mean, I've been on that campus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like 62. I think that the student body population is 62% female. Wow. That's really high. And 
It's really it great. Is, and you know, when I've talked to coaches, it's always funny when I talk to coaches who first come here of the men's teams. They always say the biggest problem that they have with the, the freshmen. It's not the academic workload. It's not the getting adjusted to the sports. It's not getting adjusted to the new routine. It's the ladies, the better athletes, it's the ladies, it's the girls. Nice. Their brains explode because they, mm. they're standing there, and all of a sudden, they've got ten pretty girls coming at them at all mm. hours of the day, and they don't know sure. what to do. Yeah, and they they know, they know what to do, Mac. Trust me, they yeah, know they know what to do. <laughs> But this, so there is no, like when you come to TCU, look, TCU is a great place. It, it is a terrific place. And they've, and they've spent a billion dollars and it, they really have done a nice job. And I give them all the credit in the world for being where they are. But you're talking about a school with 9,000 kids. They're, Texas has more undergraduate students right now than I think TCU does has living alumni in Dallas-Fort Worth. And the one thing that instead, you and I have had this back and forth on Twitter the one thing, Texas, Florida, Ohio State, UCLA, mm-hmm. a handful of these schools, they can create T-shirt fans better than anybody else. There's no explanation that requires you walk into a Walmart or a Target and you want a sports shirt. You're, you're going to go, oh, Texas, okay, I'm going to get that one. Why, why wouldn't you get TCU? Well, I, I don't even know what TCU is. It, requ- it might require some explanation. So when I go to the game on Saturday or any of these Texas games – who knows how many of them are going to be actual alums of Texas as opposed to just people who live in the state and they like Texas because it's Texas. So TCU might have, there's 48,000 fans. It'll be full. That's one of the few times that stadium will be full. And I would mm-hmm. expect Texas will have a slight, at a home stadium, Texas will have more fans there just barely yeah. than TCU. How, many, how, now, the how are the crowds been? I remember, yeah. well, the one thing it's fun, and I know you've seen this. People love to beat Texas. And the, the couple, the, the year Max Duggan's first year, when he kept going to Jalen Rager, and they beat Sam Ellinger. Mm-hmm. I remember what a fun atmosphere that was. That was a fun atmosphere. But guys, I mean, these are different teams. These are different coaches. Yeah. All of it's different. And you know, we're talking about Max Duggan and you know Casey Thompson. Keep an eye on this. SMU ran all over TCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it wasn't like this was Shane Bouchelle going out there and throwing for 450. They had two guys run for more than 100 yards, and they didn't. They, I mean, Ulysses Bentley went for 153, mm. and Trey Sluggers went for 110. You're not going to beat anybody if you can't stop a running game like that. And Texas I mean, is running. Texas is running backs are better too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like if if Bentley did that, what is Robinson going to run for? Eight. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and they're going to just do that over and over. You know, I really think I think Texas is going to win by 14 points or more. I really do. I just you know maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid, but you are. This team is just rolling with confidence and uh they just they've kind of exercised the demon that is arkansas and uh, i just think the change at quarterback has just been everything to this team and they got this guy xavier worthy mac if you haven't seen he's a star in the making this willowy kid out of california signed with michigan and had three touchdowns last week and you know they've got tremendous chemistry going so well the the last thing i want to ask you mac is just a little deeper question and like 
is Gary is Gary Patterson's best days come and gone, and where is TCU going once Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC? Good question. Uh, I I think you you brought up something that no one wants to talk about in Fort Worth. That certainly no one really mm-hmm. wants to talk about too loudly around TCU's campus, which is. We have a coach here who's done things and has helped elevate our status and visibility and profile to places that we had never been or thought right. possible, right? And that's really hard. You know, he's, he's not going to go anyplace else. Right. That window, that, that window has closed. He's not going to go anyplace else. I, right. do think he, I do think he has romanticized about retirement. Really? Unlike, well, he's got yeah, a music career. Stop. It's, I think the Stop stress it. of the job is is a lot. I think uh, Gary, even though sometimes the things that come out of his mouth are just defy logic, how he treats his staff and the fact that he cares about their families and his support staff and he cares about their well-being and their quality of life, I really mean that. I know some of the things mm-hmm. that he says to those guys is awful, but... I know that he works really hard at making sure all of these guys get paid pretty well and right. because he remembers what it was like to be broke. He remembers what it was like to, to really struggle as an assistant. So even though he demands a lot out of these guys and they work long hours, they make a lot of money and their families have a nice mm-hmm. quality of life. And, yeah. and I know he carries that. I know he, he worries about what you're talking about. What is, what's going to happen to TCU when, when the Big 12 loses? Texas and Oklahoma, because the stadium can't fill up for anybody other than Texas and Oklahoma. It can't. Right. And that's right. only a 48,000. That's I think it's the fifth smallest stadium in Power 5 football. So wow. I think this is what I think will happen. Gary is going to romanticize about retirement mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't want to be Bill Snyder. And Bill mm-hmm. hung on too long. But Bill was in his 70s. Gary's only 61, and he's in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can keep doing this. Um, so I think, I think he's going to keep, no one's going to fire him. Nobody. He, mm-hmm. He's earned the right to be there until, you know, he's 150 years old. So I think he's going to keep hanging on mostly because he's scared of what the other side looks like. You know what I mean? Like what Bob mm-hmm. Stoops did. He has more money than he could ever count. Mm-hmm. He, he has so much money, Kirk. It's ridiculous. And yeah. you know, he earned it. Good for him. So I think he'll stay. I think Texas and Oklahoma leave. They bring in four new teams. Um, I think GCU and Houston will wind up in the Pac-12 for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Then I think that's going to fall apart. And then I think schools like TCU, Wake Forest, Duke, um, all of the small schools are going to be eliminated from Power 5 football. And I think then Power 5 football will shrink down to about 30 to 40 teams. GC will not be a part of that new reconfiguration in the next 8 to 10 years. And that then I think Gary will probably retire between 68 and 70. I don't think he's going to – I think his contract runs through 25, Kirk. But are his mm-hmm. best days behind him? Yeah, yeah, probably. He's not going to win another. He's not going to win it. I think he wants. He won the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he's not winning another Rose Bowl. No. No, he's not. I mean, but what he real? I know what he wants. He wants one more really good team, Mm -hmm. and like the team that they had in 2014, 
Like that Trayvon Boykin team was so good. And they, they were fun. In the playoffs. They really were. And he wants oh, yeah, they got one of those. There. Yeah. They did. Well, that's I mean, the team that he wants. And I don't know if he'll ever get it again. You're going to make me cry, Mac. I mean, jeepers. Debbie Downer here. <laughs> but you know what? Well, no, it's. He it's just not, said he's going to. I go back to one thing. I've been asked about this a thousand times. Kirk. <laughs> Cedric, of all the stories that we have seen in major college football since 1985, right? what TCU has done is as good as anybody else because they were dead, right? They were given the walking death penalty. They, they, they weren't given to SMU's penalty, but it was almost worse because they kept having to play, and they got destroyed. They got left out of college football majors first first major reconfiguration right. Right? right they had to go to the whack they were dead and for them to do what they did and to be in this position now who cares if they ever win and they're not going to win national championship but the fact that they're part of power five football and that they've mm-hmm. had some success in it and they won a big 12 it's amazing and so and, and gary deserves a lot of that credit he, he really does so I, well, I think he's it's got an amazing statue. success story <laughs> yeah he's got yeah. a statue but yeah. you know who else has a statue is that joke? You know, I'm I'm not going to say it. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Doak Walker. <laughs> but did you say Doak Walker? I, I shouldn't have thought it. Yeah, oh, yeah Doak Walker. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and, and it just you can't have it for I mean, Mac Brown went through it. Yeah, Mac Brown. They all go through it, right? You have a window, and you hopefully you get to take advantage of it, and they did. Mac won a national championship. TCU won a Rose Bowl, and they got in the Big Twelve. There it is. That's that's it. Yeah. That's your high point. And yeah, it's right. usually just not the end of it. Yeah, hey. I think, and I think you're right. I think the Power Five will shrink. I think there's an inevitability about that, and it's sad. I hope it never shrinks to 30 or 40 teams. That but, is so small, you know, Mac. You said 30 or 40. That just took my breath away. I was like, man, I just I feel like there'd be more than that. Well, I say that. You know, I'm hoping it's 60, on, 60 or 70, maybe. But yeah, I, I but hope I, you're. I hope. I hope you're right, and I think. You know, when you have people like the president of West Virginia, Gordon G, who, mm-hmm. and, and people who politically are savvy and understand the value of just being attached to those other schools and those other teams, and they can, and they can move whatever pawn that they can to, to remain a part of it the way he did, which was, you know, we're not going to vote for playoff expansion of this is, this is the way this is, this is going to go. And so the part that scares me, about this major college football reconfiguration if it goes to 30 or 30. I don't want it. I don't want to see it. Television is going to dictate it. Sure. Right. So if, if ESPN or Fox Sports 1 or Amazon or Hulu or Apple TV or any of them get involved and they say, okay, this is what we're doing, then that's what they're doing. That, that's, that's what they're doing. And yeah. I... And, you know, I think the other part of the equation, it's why I've written the TCU status, is, is up in the air. You're not filling up stadiums. Like, they built, they overbuilt these stadiums. Texas exactly. is too big. A&M, is, they're too big. And the yep. only way you can get good crowds, great crowds, is if it's big versus big. Or Notre Dame. Exactly. And yep. I, I don't know. So, I don't know where TCU, they're going to spend every dime that they've got to, to remain a part of that. But I do think in the next eight to ten years we'll see some more cutting, and I, whether or not TCU can remain above that waterline, I don't know. It's going to be tough. But I've been wrong before. I can't. Well, we will appreciate and love college Hold football on. while we have it. Yeah, that's for sure. 
we can't let you get out of here without talking about the Cowboys, Mac. Um, we were both I'm there. I'm making my Super Bowl plans right now. I'm looking at the uh, <laughs> schedule, so I'm planning Super Bowl tickets right now. Oh, that's know, very cool. Why, why, while you're at it, why don't you buy buy a couple from Mike McCarthy? Um, <laughs> and 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 make sure someone uh, holds his hand to make sure he makes it to the flight because uh, he's the worst time manager uh, since uh, since Doctor Emmett, whatever his name was, on Back to the Future. His his time management <laughs> skills are all west. I, I I mean, you got Peyton Manning yelling at his television. Call a timeout, Mike. Call a timeout, Mike. And he took those. He took those two timeouts in the first half to the locker room like they were cell phone minutes. They don't roll over. What's going on with Mike McCarthy, and how did he win a Super Bowl? Uh, he won a Super Bowl because he had Aaron Rodgers. That's it. And Thank, you. Thank you. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of Tony Dungy. Like, Tony should have won another Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, and they didn't. But he's a great guy. He's a great coach. I think, you know, I think and if you look at what Mike has done since he's been here, he's had a few of those where you're like, oh, yeah. what are you doing here? Like, I, I know everybody's killing him about the, the clock thing, and they should have. The one to me that, uh, that didn't make any sense was at the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter against Philadelphia on Monday night was they're up by two scores. It's fourth and three from the Eagles three. And rather than kick the field goal and make it a three-score game, he went. Mm-hmm. He went for the touchdown. Dumb. And they got the touchdown, so it worked. But that's the one. I'm like, why would you? It take made no that sense. Risk? That was a head scratcher. That was a head scratcher. And he so does. Happy guys, is, is Jerry happy with Mike McCarthy? <laughs> no way. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Today. Today. <laughs> I mean, Jerry's yeah. Jerry's happy. First of all, Jerry's happy every day. He has nine billion dollars <laughs> and a great life, and he knows it. He does. And, Jerry's, and, and Kirk, the one thing, the older I get, I can appreciate this now. I can see older people and really, they're just happy that they're alive and doing okay. Right. And so, we right. saw Anything that. Else is great. We saw that Monday night with Jerry and Jimmy with the ring ceremony. And yep. they, they are really, it's good to see old people find each other before they die. Because totally. we know old people die and. Uh, you didn't want to see them going going uh, to the grave with a blood feud like Ali Frazier did. I, I, it's good. It's good to see them laughing, and even if they're just making nice for the cameras, it it, it, it warmed my heart to see that. Life's too I short. To- yeah, life is. And I, I thought it, I totally agree, Cedric. Everything you just said, it was great to see that. Just that you know, whatever differences that they might have had, how real they were and genuine they were in the moment. That ultimately, they don't really mean that much. And that there was a friendship there, there was a bond there, and I was so happy to hear Jimmy Johnson say thank you. And he said it multiple times: "You gave me the opportunity." Thank you, Jerry and he Jones. Recognized mm-hmm. how how important that was. That none of this happens. That that maybe somebody else gives him the chance, but yeah. nobody gave him that chance to be the head coach of the Cowboys and and to have basically carte blanche and whatever else ultimately is. And there was a great story I heard about Jerry and Jimmy one time, a long time ago, that when Jimmy lost somebody, it was after he left the Cowboys, and Jimmy lost somebody in his family. It might have been his mother. And Jerry sent over to the Johnson house tons of food, groceries, mm. just 
endless amounts of food. And awesome. people who've gone through loved ones understand how important that is because it's just one of those things that you have to take care of, but you don't have time to take care of it. That's a really thoughtful gesture. Mm-hmm. So I think while they may have had differences and ego clashing, watching this sort of evolve over the last few months has been fantastic because it showed ultimately all that stuff doesn't really matter. And what matters is the great experiences that they've had with each other and, and ultimately the love they have for each other. And that, like you said, life's too short to worry about the other jump. Absolutely. It's all about relationships. And, and hey, guys, you know what we're headed for, don't y'all? No. The Dream Super Bowl. Dallas Cowboys versus the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> no, we aren't. I can see it. We I aren't. can see it. No way. Hey, no. Buffalo Buffalo or the Rams may be the best team in the NFL. I think the Rams are the Cowboys. The, I think the Rams are Cowboys are a little notch below. Get that defense a little better, then we'll talk. Okay? I think I think <laughs> I think the Rams are the best in the NFC and the AFC is I yeah, you know, the Bill the Bills are right there. I I'll give you that. Yeah. The They're Bill, a complete team. The Chiefs can't stop I anybody. I think you might be right. Yeah. You know, that quarterback's pretty dangerous. He is. Golly. He just lit up. Who did they play? Miami? Or, I can't remember. He had like 358 yards and four touchdowns. He's the real deal. Yeah. He's, they, they beat up Washington the last game, and he, he looks great. He looks like yeah, you know a right. version of Patrick Mahomes. But do you think the Cowboys? What do you, how close I love are Buffalo and Cleveland getting better? I just love that. Just kind of new blood in the league. Well, Mac, how close? How close healthy. are the Cowboys, Mac? I really, I, I wrote that the defense is 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 evolving before our very eyes. Dan Quinn has been a godsend. Um, but how close are they to really making some playoff noise? We do. We all agree here that they're going to win the NFC. So let's not even talk about that. But beyond that. Do you see them winning a playoff game if things stay the same and they stay healthy? There's one game to me that matters because they haven't done it in so long. Can they win a divisional game? Not a wild card game, a divisional game. Mm-hmm. Can you get to the conference title game? They haven't been to a title game since 96. Mm-hmm. And if you look at and it's so early yet and nobody – you know, we haven't seen the attrition of injuries happen yet, but I think there's a few things that you would say, yeah, because they have some really good players at young posi- who, who are young, and young players will stay good in December. Old guys, you don't know. So right. you're looking at Micah Parsons, uh, Trayvon Diggs, mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Zeke Elliott is right on that line. He's coming up right. on thirty. He's getting durable. close. Getting close. Yep. He's he's but he's still there yet. He's still he's been durable. He looked good. Um, Leighton Van Der Esch has looked, but I mean that's that's one you got to put a red flag on. What about uh, Jalen Smith? Is he figuring the future of this this? No, nah, uh, probably not. But I mean he, he's under contract and he's a nice guy and he he plays. He's reliable. He, he doesn't he doesn't produce big plays, but he is reliable and you know in that league that if, if you're playing every day and you're starting and you're reliable that has value. And so, you know, I think his biggest problem has been, I don't know, I don't know how smart of a player he is. I I think that has been one thing that has been overlooked is that he's a great guy. He's a great story. He's inspiring. He's really nice. He's a pro, but I'm not sure he can really figure out 
defenses and or specifically what the other team is doing and where he should be. Some guys just can't. Mm-hmm. Some guys are so good athletically and they can cover a thousand miles in two seconds. And that's not him. I, I, I just don't know if he's a great thinker of the game. And I know anybody who's going to hear like, oh, Max a racist. No, that has nothing to do with it. He's a great guy. He's a bright guy. Well, just because he's a bright guy, there's plenty of bright guys that I've met who it didn't necessarily translate to the field. Jalen Smith is a bright guy, and he's going to be really successful in life he's, when he's done he's, with football. But he's, he's not football estate, bright. He's just fine. He's not football yeah. bright. And there's, I've met plenty of dumb guys who are really smart on a football field. And I, But when I look at Jalen, I look at sometimes what he does. I'm like, I don't know if he knows what's coming or not. And he's played in the league for a long time now. But you know but what? I, I, I am. stick around. I, I mean, I've never thought of it. What you just said, uh, there are, those guys you all name, you named off, are all in their twenties. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be around for a while, and Jerry and Jerry doesn't mind paying them. So, and he's got his quarterback short up for years. I, I I think this is his window. This is Jerry's window to get back to a Super Bowl, and uh, a case could be made that they could be undefeated. They they were one drive away from shutting down Tom Brady, and they they, oh, they could be won the game. Yeah, they should have won is. that game. So. It is, yeah. Absolutely. All I about think, possibilities. Well, the only thing, too, is, and you saw it, Dak Prescott is playing out of better his mind. than he ever has before. Out of his mind. Sliding. He's not taking on tacklers anymore. Uh, he's Sliding learned from good. that injury, and he's playing like a QB1 who knows that if he gets hurt, his team will go south because they just do not believe in backup quarterbacks in Dallas. They just don't. Playing smarter. Playing smarter. Yes, and I, I I look at, you know, when I watched him play against Tampa when he threw 58 times, and then Monday night against uh, against Philly, look how accurately he's throwing the ball. I mean, it's he, he's always been pretty accurate, but that had been mm-hmm. the one concern. Like, I mean, he is putting it wherever he wants to put it, mm-hmm. and that was the one detail to his game. I was like, boy, if he if he can get that down then he becomes super dangerous and he becomes a guy that you can win because of like you, other parts of your team may not go as well, but if that guy's playing really, really well, then you got a shot. And I look at the way he's played these last three games. I'm like, nah, he looks pretty damn good to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that I said it the other day to Clarence Hill. I said, I think he's played these last three games as well as, if not better, than I ever saw Tony Romo play. Wow. Tony played some really good He did. Tony played some really good games. I know that's a lot. But I'm thinking, I'm like, that's because he's just deadly efficient right now. That one that one throw, um, and apologize for Kirk's dogs. They're, they're mowing Kirk's yard. Um, that one throw he made to Cedric Wilson when he was running to his left under duress, and he just beat for a second plants and throws a dime 40 yards down the field and said didn't get his didn't get that second foot down but that's the best th- football throw I've seen in a long time from someone who's not Aaron Rodgers Rodgers makes that throw all the time but, and so does Mahomes you don't see other guys making that and Dak is making those kind of throws he's a legit MVP candidate there's no question about it he's got so many weapons and that in the weak division they're going to have a lot of confidence building it you on know, toward December, I think. And that division is garbage. 
it it's really the worst is. ever, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, you've got Jalen Hurts can't play. He's a backup. He's he's a career backup. I don't know what Daniel Jones is. I know Jason Garrett's probably going to get run out of New York he pretty is. soon. He is. And yeah. Washington doesn't have anything. Nothing. You no judge a division no by the there. you judge a division by the quarterbacks. Look at the NFC West. I mean, Jimmy G is is average, but then Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford. I mean, uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, that that they're they're going to have three. Good lord, those dogs! They're going to have yeah, three so quarterbacks. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Is, is Kirk running like a dog fighting ring in his house? Is that how he makes his other money? There's no way it's a dog fighting ring because they're both winning if it is. So usually in a dog fight, once one dog's barking over the road, oh someone's getting, getting his butt kicked, but those dogs are both winning. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I'm losing. You're going to be – yeah, but – Mac, man, we appreciate it so much. It was always good it's to catch fun. up, man. And uh, the, um, you are you're going to be at Eamon Carter, I assume, on Saturday. That right? is the plan. I will see you up there, and then uh, Cowboys Panthers on Sunday. I'm spending the night. I'll be there for that too. So, man, it's always a pleasure to catch up. And uh, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll we'll catch up again real soon. Okay, guys. Thanks so much. Be good. Thank you, Mac. Later. Take care. Bye-bye. On Second Thought. Duck, the great Mac Angle weighing in. Uh, Always fun, a good storyteller, and just a, you know, and he doesn't run away from the tough topics in the Metroplex. I mean, uh, Galloway always did it, and uh, Mac Angle is not not afraid of a fight. That's why I love reading him with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Man, I, I think that I think that's going to do it for us on on this illustrious episode of two thirty six of On Second Thought. We have to thank Mac Engel, we, and we also have to thank Kirk's dogs for joining <laughs> us for um, for the Duck Kirk Bowls. I'm Seth Golden, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.